iTunes presents Meet the Filmmaker at the Apple Store. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Welcome to the Apple Store. Soho, are you guys excited? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Matt Smith, Karen Gillen, Stephen Moffat, and this evening's guest moderator, Matt Roush from TV Guide. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for the warm welcome. Well, welcome to the new Who, uh, and everything Who is new again with a new Doctor Who, a new companion, a new showrunner in Stephen Moffat, who has written some of the finest episodes from the past incarnation of the show. And I guess that's where we'll start in a way. You have been part of the ongoing rebirth of Who before you even took over the helm, but for you, it seems to me this is a show that really drew you to TV in the first place, and can you talk a little bit about starting it? afresh with the new two, but also being part of the most recent period of time with it. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's the strangest event in my life, of course. I mean, Doctor Who is famous for the, uh, the, the fact that children absolutely adore it, especially in the, in the UK, and they, uh, and they get, uh, children don't watch it passively. They get uh, uh, hugely involved in making their own monsters, making their own doctors, their own TARDISes, and eventually, in extreme artistic cases, end up growing up and running the show uh, so it's, it, 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 it's a, a tremendous thrill. Well, it was a tremendous thrill to, to, you know, to end up writing some episodes of Doctor Who. I thought that was pretty cool. Then I won a BAFTA for writing one of them. I thought, okay, I'm in a coma and I'm surrounded. Well, thank you. And that, by the uh, way, was the Blink episode, was that it was not? Blink, yeah. Blink, yes, Blink, yes, yes. Hey, I'll just keep mentioning that then. Uh, and, uh, oh, it's awesome. Did you follow me home? Brilliant. Uh, and then um, uh, to be running the show does, uh, uh, well, it's, it's remarkable. Uh, it doesn't normally happen. No. But what was it? Oh, so, okay, so you grew up with who? You were, you were a who child. But so now it's like a big sandbox, like a play box of some sort for you, it seems to me. It's every kind of show built into one. You've said that before. So what is the, 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 what is the appeal of being able to run a show that has no limits, basically? Well, I mean, what, I mean, it does make you wonder what the rest of television is up to, quite honestly. <laughs> um, any other television series has only got enough plot to give us one episode. Uh, that's, that's, the, that's the cool truth about Doctor Who. Um, it's, it's incredible. It's incredibly, it's, it's hugely demanding. I've never been so tired or so busy in my life. And I think that goes for all three of us. It is the most knackering show you'll ever work on. But it's brilliant. <laughs> of course it is. Well, how knackered are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm knackered. I'm knackered. No, but it's, it's also the most rewarding, isn't it? I mean, it's definitely, it's, it's, it's the greatest challenge that I've had today. I mean, even just the line learning because this man writes so many baffling lines. And, 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 of course, that's a sort of practical thing that you have to get better and better at. But, um, it's all, it, I mean, it's also the most rewarding because uh, we shoot an episode in 12 days. And so every 12 days, the, your whole world is changing because, you know, for 12 days you've got the Daleks and then you've got the Weeping Angels and then you've got the Silurians and then you've got the Vampires. And so it's, it's, uh, it's sort of extraordinary. But um, it keeps us on our toes, for sure. How much moving around did you do filming the series? I know that at one point you went to Croatia to film a sh an episode filmed in Venice, or is that, is that correct? Or, or the set in Venice, is that right? Uh, yeah, yeah, we filmed one episode. We, we filmed two episodes out in Croatia, actually, which was amazing. And it doubled up as two different places, um, Venice and Paris. Okay. Very clever. Okay, very versatile. It Cunningly. is realistic. Yeah. 
Um, so, and, and a lot of running. I mean, it, it's always established that, you, that it is an exhausting show to do, but yet, so a lot of action, a lot of lines to learn, and really in many ways, I mean, this is your introduction to us, to many of us, and so in that regards, it's just... It, it, so, so in, I don't know exactly how to put it as a question, but it's like, so... It's, it's, um, yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a role that requires a great kind of uh, physical prowess, I suppose. And uh, I mean, <laughs> I try and swim and all the rest of it. I mean, I don't get much time. But you know what? I have to say, we've all been overwhelmed. And I'm not just saying this. I know it's, it sounds like a kind of political... But, but, but like, we've been overwhelmed by the welcome that we've had in New York. You guys are great. You clap all the time. It's cool. <laughs> I know. We need to get some of this in England, man, I, 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 I tell you. Um, and uh, it's just really thrilling to know that there's an audience out here because we think it's a, a, a magical show, obviously. And, and uh, I'm just really flabbergasted that there are so many people that dig it out here. So it's cool. I was following some photos on Twitter today, so you guys were really getting the whole uh, lay of the land in New York. Your first time in Times Square today? Yes, it was. It was so exciting. Um, oh, there's lights everywhere and the buildings are so tall. <laughs> I'm from a small place in Scotland. <laughs> but in terms of regenerating Doctor Who, so you, you get a chance to sort of like reinvent the show to a certain extent while also honoring the tradition of it. So I guess that in terms of reimagining a new Who and finding a new and much, in many ways, younger, the youngest person to play the role, is there a new feel, a new tone to what you're trying to accomplish with the new Who and the new... That Serious. just happens, because it's us yeah. now and not them, yeah. really. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that's what it comes down to. Uh, uh, the ambition isn't to make it... Uh, you want to make it new rather than different. You just want to make it exciting. I mean, the, cha- the, the unique uh, selling feature of this show is every single episode is so completely different. I mean, most television shows, and really, really good ones, are basically set in the same precinct uh, with the same character saying roughly the same things. Wonderful shows, but they're basically our precinct is all of space and time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and we have two regular characters and one standing set. Everything else um, is, is different from show to show. Right. And not just the places we go, but the genres we're in. We're doing comedy, we're doing thrillers, we're doing horror movies, we're doing the silliest stories you've ever saw, and frequently doing them all in the same episode. Right. Uh, so, yes. <laughs> I mean, beat that, vets in love. I mean, it's, uh... <laughs> but is there a, a tonal difference at all to having Matt play the Doctor coming after a relatively legendary uh, run of episodes by David Tennant? I mean, those are big shoes to fill. And at the same time, in terms of the transition, have you had any contact with him in terms of taking over the role? And did he give you any guidance in terms of uh, well, the ride of your life? Well, we didn't really talk about the actual role uh, particularly, but, but he's a lovely man, David, and a very graceful man, and he wished me every success and said, enjoy the ride, because it's, it's, it's the best ride, and uh, I only hope that I, whoever I pass it on to, I hate even thinking about that at the moment, but um, <laughs> whoever I pass it on to, I do it with as much kindness and grace. But, um, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, of course, you're aware, particularly in England, that David and Russell and Julie had such great success with the show, but... Uh, you know, we're, we're professionals and we're, and, we're, and we're paid to do our jobs to the best of our ability and you, you can't contemplate anything else outside of, you know, learning your lines and turning up on set and being inventive and, and, and so that's what I do and, and uh, I think with the scripts we've got and we have this man who is, who is you know, I mean, he, uh, he, uh, he has real magic in him. Right? And so, uh, and me and Karen are great friends uh, and, that, and that hopefully comes across on screen and, and uh, I think, you know, we only get better from 
Ep one, mm-hmm. you know, by 12 and 13, we're flying, man. We really are. So, um, fingers crossed, people, people dig it, you know. Well, you had some time when, when you were cast, you, you didn't just leap right into the role. You had some no. time to think about it, to cogitate, <laughs> to even like develop the look I've heard and, and read a bit. So, hmm. how did all that come about, and what did you, how did you envision your, your conceptual the role? I don't know, really. I mean, you know, you always go off the script. So I had so long that I started, I had to do something. I had to make contact in some way. So I started reading a lot of Albert Einstein. And I, listen, if, if, you've, you know, if you want a book for your toilet or something, <laughs> or by your bed, get Albert Einstein's book of quotes. It's really good. Um, and, uh, you know, when you're sat on the loo, you can have a read. Um, <laughs> Uh, well, you've got to do something, right? You can't just... Um, and, and so... <laughs> I, uh, so you need I, not elaborate now. <laughs> no, I won't, yeah. Um, I, um, I started looking at that, but then it was just really exciting when I got the first... Well, I mean, I had the first episode, but then I got two and three, and, and then we got the two-parter, which is four and five, which is about the Weeping Angels, which is so good. And then you've got Oof. Vampires in Venice 6, so it just keeps coming and coming. And then, obviously, you... You go about that like you go about anything else. You, you start to go from the script and mm-hmm. being inventive, I suppose. You've described him as sort of a magical combination of brilliant and bonkers. So you do, uh, yeah. in the first episode, I think you refer to yourself as a madman with a box. Yes. Um, and, and, yes. And, and, and so, Woo! I mean, I mean so, so the aspects of, of the madness, I mean, does that give you the most free reign as an actor you could imagine having? I mean, it's great because you have complete sort of liberation doing Doctor Who because you're not bound by any genre, as Stephen commented on, or, 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 or any type of acting, you know, and the part is sort of infinite. So, yes, but I think the madness, part of it is created by the world you're in anyway. I mean, the show is mad if you actually consider it, you know. Um, so you don't have to do a lot of mad acting, but uh, I, I don't know. Hopefully I get to be sort of quite... Uh, quite kind of physical and, 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 and quite expressive, which is interesting, I think. But um, I think his mind's quite bonkers and the rapidity at which he thinks is, is quite mad. I don't think any of us human beings think that quickly or that intangentially, really. There's a Peter Pan quality to him, too, at least as, as we see him in this first episode a few times when, um, when your new companion says, you know, I've grown up and you're like, well, I'll fix that. And you get a sense maybe that is also like as ageless as he is, he is still in many ways, a child and his curiosity and his enthusiasms. And, and is that a correct read of, of how you're approaching him? I, I think the doctor has always been there. I yes. mean, uh, he's always been, uh, you know, half the oldest man in the universe, half an unruly child. Yes. And that's, the, that, that's his huge charm is he really absolutely resolutely and militantly has refused to grow up in any way at all. Uh, he's, he's beha- he, he, uh, his various friends, his companions, are, are, are as much their, um, are as much his parent as anything else. You know, they, they run around after him, keeping him out of trouble, keeping him alive, reminding him that he's still got to defuse the bomb when it's just slipped his mind. You know, so it's uh, <laughs> yeah, he's that's very much the the doctor. Well, in this first episode, what wasn't shown in the clip is the first meeting of the doctor and. Amy, first Amelia, is as a child, and I'm wondering, is that informed their relationship a bit, that she held on to this notion of him for the longest time as a child, and, and now when she meets him as a more grown-up character, there is this sort of a sense of a fairy tale, like the Peter Panish kind of thing going on, but uh, in terms of that, uh, that, that, that first sequence in the film, when it is a bit more like a true fairy tale with his appearing, sort of answer to her prayers, was that, uh, how does that inform their relationship 
Um, well, that's an interesting one to talk about without giving anything away. But um, but when we meet the grown-up Amy, um, she's she's not exactly a happy lady, and it kind of determines their relationship for for the first few episodes, actually. And, and I think she's quite cynical and sceptical, and it, she finds it difficult to trust the Doctor, um, which is a nice contrast to the young Amy, who I think is quite open. Who is my cousin? Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, that's sweet. <laughs> Woo! Uh, Woo! <laughs> I'm getting it, man. I'm getting this New York like thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to. <laughs> so, uh, in terms of likening her to the past companions, now you've watched the show and you know how uh, the other ones have played with her. You describe her somewhat since as being more of sort of as an equal. You've mentioned the word alpha quite a bit in terms of talking about the character before. She's an alpha female. You're the, alpha, you're the ultimate alpha character and uh, more, more perhaps as an equal, less of a damsel in distress perhaps? Yeah, no, she's not a damsel in distress. I'd hate her for her to be that. But um, no, I think she's just kind of almost as mad as he is and it's just quite funny them together trying to do stuff. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that she's just kind of, you know, she's not going to follow him around um, like a lost puppy. If he's going to go off and do something, then she'll go off and do her own thing. Um, and that's what I love about her. Well, how do you, I mean, in terms of the development of the character, I mean, as often as the case, she's as central to the development of any series of Doctor Who as the Doctor himself is. So in terms of what you wanted to make this, sh- this series special with the way that you create the character of Amy, I mean, what do you see in her? Yourself. Well, in, in Doctor Who, curiously enough, and, and particularly this is, I mean, it's always, it, it is the, you know, it's her story. I mean, the Doctor's story is, it has been going on for decades, and indeed in his case, well, hundreds of years as he wanders the universe. It's really her story about, of meeting the Doctor and how he changes her. He changes her radically in the first episode just by letting her down twice over a period of 14 years. <laughs> and and she, uh, he alters her that way. And, and, and how and the journey she goes on and, and how she's changed by this encounter with this man she's you know, half completely in love with, half really cross with. Sums up most relationships, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but you know, that's that's that, that's quite a complicated, and quite central story uh, to the whole series. And we're not given that way in advance. You don't get right. uh, you don't get any instalments of that now. Uh, the relationship between the Doctor and Amy is absolutely central to the series. It's it's actually it's the clinching moment of the series, in fact. But yeah, that, there's a spoiler. That's how it's going to work. <laughs> well, well, do you do you see her as in love with Doctor? Yes. Um, I think that she has a very deep love for the Doctor, but not necessarily romantic. Mm-hmm. And for you, I mean, because, again, you identify with her as the child. I, I love the bit where you, you love her initial name because it seems like something out of a fairy story. Um, yes, yes. So, so in terms of how do, how do you characterize your own feeling toward this new companion? Oh, well, I mean, I, 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 mean, I think the way that they meet is ingenious and, and um, therefore sets up the idea that it's one of the most... Uh, I don't know how do you describe it, complete or special or wonderful bonds between a doctor and a companion because there's a real magic to it and there is a real sense of the fairy tale. I think you're right and I think that's something that continues throughout the series. But, um, you know, it's as the series goes on, we learn more and more about that relationship and just why the doctor is so interested in Amelia Pond. Um, And, uh, you know, I won't give anything away, but it's, it's quite exciting. And I mean, you know, there's so much in that first step that comes back and is so important. So keep your eyes peeled because there's some really big details in there, you know. Uh, 
that, 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 that uh, come back in throughout the rest of the, the season, you know. And did you create the weeping angel with the blink up in? Yes. So, so you've created that concept. So they come back, you said, in a two-parter. Yeah. Any, any other uh, totems that we should expect to see coming back from the Doctor Who uh, canon? Besides the, da- I mean, the Daleks, so third episode, right? Yeah, uh, yes. the Daleks are back. Uh, uh, the Silurians, who were uh, uh, monsters that were, uh, came back in, uh, in uh, first appeared in 1970, uh, and it's, it's one of the best ideas that Doctor Who's ever had. It's the former owners of the planet reclaiming it. One just, it's a brilliant, brilliant idea that the, uh, that writer had, uh, Malcolm Hulk. Um, which you know, good enough for a movie franchise. He threw it away in Doctor Who. Exactly <laughs> what I do. Mad. But um, but but thank God he did. And we brought that uh, brilliant scripts by Chris Chibnall. Absolutely beautiful. Really properly, seriously dramatic uh, story. Uh, and and uh, we've got River Song comes back in uh, in the in the Angels. In the Angels two part. Yeah. We've got uh, vampires in Venice. Six extremely hot vampire chicks. And, uh, yes. <laughs> you're gonna dig them. Um, we've got a Dream Lord. Who's yeah. terribly exciting, played by Toby Jones, who's a wonderful actor. Uh, we got we got Vincent Van Gogh. Uh, I won't give anything <laughs> away, but uh, in an episode penned by Richard Curtis. Good grief! So yeah, you know, and 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 uh, it's full of adventure this year. It really is. Winston Churchill versus the Daleks. What more do you want? <laughs> <laughs> Spitfires in space, yeah. come on. Well, you already, mentioned, you already mentioned vampires. I mean, it's hard to imagine anything happening nowadays without vampires in them, but these are... Well, these, these, these are, are these way are, sexier than any other yeah, vampires yeah, you've yeah. seen, trust me. Go, yeah, go, go. They ain't just vampires. Yes. Right? There's a little more under the skin. Well, and Get your mind out of the gutter, boy. <laughs> Is there any possibility, now I know Russell has moved on to his other projects, but um, is there any possibility that we could see Captain Jack or something from that world that he created uh, in, uh, overlapping with the Doctor Who world again? Well, there's, no, there's not a rule against it. There isn't any yeah. sort of idea that I will not now bring back things sure. from, the, uh, from the Russell T. Davis era, since I am a thing from yes. the Russell T. Davis era. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, no, also, so it was actually him that created Captain Jack. Well, well I, I wrote the first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, it's, there's no rule against it. Um, mm-hmm. but, but, but the thing is, bringing back something isn't automatically interesting. Sure. It's, if you have a great story, then you bring something back. Uh, so uh, no rules against it, no, no clear blue water between one era and the next. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be. It's the continuing adventures of the same barmy man we met in 1963. <laughs> well, I met in 1963. The rest of you weren't born. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I want to talk about the look for a second as well, because you helped develop the look, and uh, you do say, you know, bow ties are cool, so uh, whether, the, whether the bow tie and, and, and the look, is it still a work in progress, or, you know? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think that the, uh, of course, for you, I think that uh, it will kind of certainly evolve. <laughs> it's just they've, they've heard me answer this about 50 times, uh, you see. So that's what this is about. Um, braces. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and I brought the braces in. Um, and uh, I, I sort of wore a tweed jacket to my audition, which I can never wear again, obviously, for obvious reasons. But uh, we were, you know, I had a sort of uh, a Neo-style long leather jacket. And uh, it was a sort of mixture between Neo from The Matrix and Jack Sparrow at first. And there was just something, I wanted it to feel a bit more professorial. I, you know, I wanted him to feel like a professor. 
and 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 so we went back to the drawing board and and um, I'm really pleased with the bow tie because they you know they they're kind of cool but uncool and the doctor thinks they're the coolest thing in the world and Amy thinks he looks like they're a not. pillock. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and so there's a great battle that takes place throughout the series about that, which is fun. But, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, it was a process that I was uh, always keen to be involved in. I, I really want a hat. The hat is rocking. Yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you very it much. Is, yeah. Uh, uh, so, um, yeah, yeah, and um, I think it will continually sort of evolve, and, and he'll be walking down the street, and he'll see a hat on someone, he'll steal it, and he'll wear it for a couple of episodes, you know? Well, well, speaking of the audition, a, bit, a little bit of TV history in terms of your becoming the next Doctor. I mean, that really is an iconic thing to, to, yes. to experience and for us to experience as well because we, all of us have lived with the Doctor for so long. But going in, did you have any expectation that's what happened? Did you have any expectation that, that, that a young Hugh was what you were looking for? And was it just an, an enormous surprise to have this collision of, of, of creative types come together. I mean, I actually did think we'd probably get somebody older. I did think, uh, and I was saying it's mid-30s to mid-40s, and that was my vague theory. But, you know, on the first day, Matt came through uh, the door with his cartoon hair, his strange but <laughs> handsome face. Um, uh, and the fact that he'd obviously recently been riding a horse. Go look at those legs. Uh, and, and I just thought, well, I'm like, you've got to cast him as Doctor Who. He looks like a hot young bloke and he talks like a 72-year-old professor. <laughs> How did they bring him up? <laughs> what toys was he playing with? <laughs> well, did you think you had a chance going in? I mean, you know. I mean, I, listen, I always think I have a chance. You know, yes. you, you have to believe that you have a chance. But, um, you know, I mean, in England particularly, it's, it, 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 you know, it's, it's the number one show. It's, it, everyone sort of talks about it. And my mum had texted me saying that I should be the next Doctor. And I thought, <laughs> oh, okay, cool. And then I got the call from agent saying, uh, who's here actually, saying, how do you feel about auditioning for Doctor Who? And I said, fine, as the Doctor cool okay so I went in and I did my thing and I thought nothing of it and then here I am in the Apple store in New York <laughs> so it's kind of weird and, and um but you know it's it, it, it's it's been a wonderful journey and uh, I, you know to my mind it's one of the great parts in TV history so I'm, I'm thrilled to have it we're thrilled to see more of it, I, uh, and I want to turn it over to the crowd now for some questions. So if there's anyone here who uh, wants to um, shout, wait, wait for the microphone to come. I think the microphones will be handed around, and um, then we'll take it from there. There's one. Okay. Hi, how are you? Hey, man. How's it um, going? So uh, the first question I had uh, is for um, Matt and uh, Karen is, is there anything that you've done in the first series that you'd really love to do again, or anything that you've done that you absolutely hated and thought, hope I never have to do that again? And then anything that you haven't done yet but would love to do in the next series? Wow, they, they, that's a good question. Karen? Oh, oh, I've done a few stunts, actually, that I never want to experience again ever oh, in my yeah. life. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> because they've been genuinely scary, and I've faced some personal fears. <laughs> Yeah, we, it's a shame because we can't really reveal what these things are. But um, uh, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. But what about all the other two hundred? Uh, yeah, um, is there anything? You know, I guess there's a lot of cold standing in the rain uh, that you hope doesn't happen again. We filmed at Stonehenge, which was really cool, and we um, actually got to go in the middle of it, which is which you can't do anymore, and it's, it, it, it has a very particular energy, and that was a, that was a wonderful experience. Whether we can go back there again, I don't know. Um, 
I quite like all the running around and the jumping and this kind of stunty stuff. So more of that, please, definitely. Oh, and send them to New York for an adventure or something. Well, you know. I have yes. mentioned it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would be nice. Hi, you guys. Hi, I'm how so do you I'm so excited about you guys coming to New York. Brooklyn loves you, just want to say that. Oh, wow, cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, my question's for Matt and Karen. I want to know, what are your guys' favorite doctors and companions? Doctors. Oh, that's... Oh, I can't say. Matt Ma is my favorite doctor. Yeah, and Karen's my favorite companion. <laughs> But good question. <laughs> question here to your right. My question's for Stephen. Uh, first of all, Mr. Moffat, I have to say that I have been a fan of your Doctor Who work all the way back to continuity errors. All right. And my question is, how much have you told these newbies about how Doctor Who You're is... You're talking to the Doctor and Amy Pond? What's your mind? <laughs> about how much the show is going to affect the rest of their lives. I think if you, if you grew up in, in Britain, you know, you do know, we're all born uh, with it wired into our heads and it's going to... Yeah, I mean, I think they know, yes. <laughs> right here. How are you doing? Um, first hey. of all, I just want to mention that I stopped off and picked up my Matt figures on the way here. Oh, well, cool, so man. <laughs> I'll try and sign it for you, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Karen, you are lovely. <laughs> Thank you. Absolutely lovely. Matt, you're mad and magnificent. Oh, Matt, you're you Stephen, your mind is a scary place, and thank you for bringing us into it. I think I came third there, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I promised myself I would never ask a question like this, but I have to ask, when does the first episode take place? I... I in the clip that we showed, the first clip that we showed, it shows that on Rory's name tag that uh, it was issued in 1990. Mm -hmm. Is that a mistake, or should we be paying attention to that? Interesting. This is a man who, who pays attention to detail. Yeah. Uh, I have never actually looked at Rory's name <laughs> tag. I've got to be absolutely honest with you. Uh, so, um, uh, no, uh, it's, it's not a great significant plot thing. No. As to when it takes place, I do know... There is a very... I think I tried to work it out with Russell once when, when Doctor Who takes place. Look, the Time War caused a lot of problems. That's the thing. <laughs> ripples. Lots of ripples in time have caused endless continuity errors. Uh, and more or less every problem in Doctor Who can be attributed to those <laughs> traumatic events. It's, uh, it's something we all regret. I've got a list of things that I could give you right now that I, I can attribute to the Time War. <laughs> Oh, right here in the center. Hi, guys. Hi. Um, Queens Hi. loves you, too. And oh, wow. I think ah. you're amazing. <laughs> Big up, Queens. Um, my question is, can we hear the stories of the first times that all of you guys met individually? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, I, the first time I met Stephen... Oh, this is quite an interesting one, isn't it? Good. The first time I met Stephen, because... Mr. Muffet writes every hit show in England, and he also writes uh, Sherlock Holmes. Um, and I went to audition for Dr. Watson. Needless to say, I didn't get the part, because here I am. But uh, in doing so, uh, got an audition for Doctor Who. Or I was on the list or something, wasn't I? And the first time I met Karen was in the audition for Amelia Pond. And that's where I first met Stephen as well. Yeah, I've just answered all of it, haven't I? Sorry. I, I, I basically that. just got to choose my friends on merit. Yeah. yeah, which is great. That's a great way of picking mates. It's excellent. Right over here, left. 
Hi. Hi. Um, I saw in the promo that uh, you met the doctor has a gun at the end, and I know that in the past the doctor has been portrayed as very peaceful character, very anti-violence, and I was wondering if you could yeah. talk about that change in character and how that came about or how that's going to come about. Have you seen Day of the Daleks? <laughs> Have you? <laughs> shoots, shoots an ogre on in cold blood he does in that one. He does. <laughs> Actually, uh, the Doctor's philosophy as set out uh, by William Hartnell was he would never take a life unless his own was in danger. And it's not exactly total pac pacifism, that, is it? <laughs> don't, you don't mess with him. Uh, I, I, I don't think you're going to be disappointed by the Doctor's attitude to such things. However, having said that, he's, he's a pragmatist. He'll give you so many chances, and let's be honest, yeah. then he blows up your planet, yeah. right? <laughs> I mean, sod having a gun. He'll give you one chance. Yeah. One chance. You, yeah. Well, maybe two on a nice day, and then your solar system is dust. Yeah. Um, uh, so, you know, not kind of, picking up a gun isn't that big a deal for the Doctor when you think of the level of de devastation he occasionally meets out to people with whom he disagrees. I wouldn't like to be in the wrong side of him. Gun or no gun, just pop down a ventilation shaft, destabilize your political infrastructure, and blow up your entire empire. <laughs> Frankly, if he had a revolver, it wouldn't make that big a difference, would it? <laughs> oh, one to your right. Um, first of all, I just want to say, Matt and Karen, um, I fell in love with you guys like almost right away, so you guys are doing an awesome job so far. Really great. <laughs> and then, uh, Stephen, um, I'm actually wearing an Angels Have the Phone Box t-shirt. So, oh, from, um, Bl from Blink. Yes, absolutely, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I was just wondering for all three of you, what was it like to bring them back as villains to write them? And then for Karen and Matt, what was it like to actually do that episode? What was that like? Well, I mean, they're one of my, I think they're probably my favorite. They're my favorite as well. Villain. But practically, shooting with them, it's a bloody nightmare. <laughs> because it's freezing cold. We're in the middle of a forest. And these poor girls, because it's their steam coming out of their mouths, but they can't move. So they're spending hours going, trying to be really still. Um, but they're just brilliant, aren't they? And what's amazing about it is it, it's all based, I think I'm right in saying this, it's all based on, on Grandma's footsteps. Yeah. Is it? Is it? Yeah, yeah, it's that game. I don't know if you have it here, statues or Grandma's footsteps where you have to, where people creep up on you and every time you look around they have to stand still. Red light, I, green light, I, I think yeah. you call it right uh, here. Well, yeah. it, that, that game always terrified the wits out of me, so I, I just put it on television uh, and made it the intellectual property of Doctor Who. Hooray. Um, but I, mean, I can concur. I, mean, I think the two-parter we've got coming up for you with the Angels is, is an absolute storm. I think it's one of our very best. Um, but it was a nightmare to write as well, uh, because I realised that, and I remember, uh, I think I was emailing Russell at some point saying, I'm trying to write a high-octane adventure thriller chasing with things that don't sodding move. <laughs> and how many times can I turn out the bloody lights? Um, and as an evasion force, I mean, they're saying, We're, we shall conquer Earth unless a moth sees us. <laughs> and, then, and the whole thing, screw, damn. <laughs> but, uh, but I really do think we've, we, we, we honestly have an absolute belter coming for you with that. I really, really do think. They've got worse. That's what's incredible. Yeah. They've got, they've got yeah. stronger, you know. They've got a lot nastier. Right over here. Hello. Hey, cool sign, man. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, I'd just like to say that Blink was my all-time favorite episode. Like the last person I am wearing in Angels Have the Phone Box shirt. You should get together. I can see it happening. That's okay, I'm 12 years old. 
I'm your youngest fan. It's never too early to start, sir. <laughs> okay. And I think you may have to now. <laughs> My question is for all of you. I'm actually, believe it or not, this may sound stupid, I'm making a cheese documentary. It's all about cheese. Cool, it's about yeah. what, what people think about cheese. What their favorite food. Yes, what their favorite uh, kind of person. cheese is. <laughs> like cheesy, cheesy things. Uh, all right. no. I just gotta ask you guys, what is your favorite kind of cheese? I've got an answer. Stinking Bishop. That's oh, my no favorite. Way. No way. Cheddar. I love that. Do you have that over here? Probably not. But it's cheese called Stinking Bishop. Stinks out the entire house. It's like it's like a whole army left their socks in your fridge. But it's it's beautiful. I love it. There you go. Uh, Gorgonzola. Woo! Yeah, woo! Oh, crackers. Woo! Cheddar. Yeah, it's not very inventive, is it? But cheddar. Oh, and my last question. Oh, yeah, okay. This cool. is an extremely serious question. Wow. Where's your favorite place to cut the cheese? That's, 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 that's on a new block of cheddar. Squarely. Down the side. Why that's getting a round of applause, but I'm thrilled. Yeah. Thank you so much. That's my pleasure, sir. Good luck with it. We have another question all the way here in the back. About center, right about here. There you go. Hi. Hi, everybody. Ken from uh, Doctor Who Podshock. First, Stephen, I wanted to point out that this man is wearing an In Moffat We Trust t-shirt. Sweatshirt. Really? Yes, he is. In Moffat We Trust. How does that look? Can I see? And the question Uh, is for Matt. Matt, is it true that Wendy Padbury was your first agent, the lady who played Zoe back in the black and white era. And did she give you any advice when she found out you became the doctor? Wow, you have been doing your research. Yes, it is true. Wendy was my agent, yeah. And uh, no, do you know what? I've not talked to her since. She's moved to France and uh, I've not heard from her. But um, it's a a mad coincidence that how the hell did you find that out? (laughs) Yeah, I bet, it seems. God. All the way back left here. Hi. Um, Karen. Hello. Hi, I'm over here. Where? I can't see you. Oh! Oh, Hi. Right, yeah. How are you? Um, we've heard what um, Matt's reaction was to getting his part, but I hadn't heard what your reaction was to getting the part of uh, Amy Amelia. Um, well, it came in the form of a phone call from my agent, and then I was on my bed in my bedroom, and I was supposed to be learning lines for another job I was working on, but I didn't that night. And um, I just started jumping up and down and screaming, and, and yeah, that lasted for quite a while. <laughs> That's really cheesy, but it's true. We have another question over here on the end. You're right. Hi. Hi. Hello. Um, I was just wondering because the show is so popular, you guys get a lot of really cool actors who just show up and like you know for like an episode or like short arcs. And yeah. I love seeing Olivia Coleman in the new pilot. That made it's me amazing, really happy. Right? Olivia Coleman. Yeah. And um, so I was just wondering if there's any other fun faces we could expect to show up in this series. And also, 
if you could pick anyone to be like a sort of dream who guest star, guest star who would it be? It's a good question. Yeah, well, I mean, I'll I'll start with the people we've got coming up. It's cool to tell that, isn't it? It's okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, we've got some wonderful actresses and actors. We've got a uh, Tony Curran who plays Van Gogh, who's 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 incredible. Who lives out in L.A. We've got um, Ian McNeese, who's fantastic. We've got Helen McCorry, uh, Bill Nye. Um, <laughs> Uh, uh, Alex Kingston obviously is back. Uh, Sophie Okonedo is, is in. Yeah, yeah. So it's. Um, I mean, that's one of the great virtues of doing the job, and that's been one of the great learning curves for me. Is you get all these wonderful actors coming in. Um, and if I could pick anyone, I don't know if you guys will know him. I would pick. He was a footballer, and he's French, and he's called Eric Cantona. Uh, that's got that got a ripple of nothing, didn't it? <laughs> Soccer? What the hell, man? Like, <laughs> yeah. um, ooh, I, I would like Matt's mum. Oh, anyway, um, uh, uh, Chris Liley of Summer Heights High. That's who I want to come. Want them to come do. That How about to. you, Stephen? I'm really interested to see your yeah. dream casting. Oh, I don't know. I think it'd be great. Some, I mean, like, uh, an Ian McKellen or. or... Michael Caine, someone of those grand old uh, uh, English actors would be fantastic yeah, to see great. in Doctor Who, Anthony Hopkins, any oh, of them are free Hopkins to contact us, yeah, yeah, yeah. that would be fantastic. Yeah. Hi, I love all of Hi. you. Um, I was just wondering, this is kind of for Stephen and Matt, sorry, I love you too. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> but um, Matt, you play a very angry doctor, reminiscent of Colin Baker and Christopher Eccleston, the, the line by Rose Tyler when she says when he's angry he likes to insult species. So um, okay. that, you just reminded me of that um, okay, like okay. in the second episode. So was that your choice or was that Stephen's choice? Well, I, I mean, I think the Doctor is never one thing. I think he can be yeah. everything. And I think I, I know the moment you're referring to. And I think in that moment he is angry. Um, but, you know, I, I think as my doctor goes on throughout the series, he becomes more assured in his body and with himself. And I think he gets angry for... Not that that's not the right reason, but he, he, I think he learns to control it a bit more. I mean, I don't know. Uh, but there's definitely the capacity for anger there, just because I think that's very interesting. It's an interesting thing to explore. And I think it's particularly interesting for the doctor because, uh, you know, he's this wonderful, affable, fun being you know so what makes him angry it, 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 i think it's a really in, sort of interesting question and uh one that is explored throughout the uh, course of the series i think there's also the thing that the doctor when he gets angry he's really only ever angry at himself when he's yelling at amy and the beast below which yeah. is what you're referring to he's frustrated that he can't fix it so he takes out an amy i don't for a second believe he'd really have taken her home the end of that he was just furious because he was going to have to do something he hated and he was furious that he couldn't think of another way out of it yeah, like most right. really nice really kind people and that is what fundamentally the doctor is he's angry his anger is only ever really about what he can't do and what and where he's failing uh, so he's not really he's not he's not a bully the doctor he's just really yeah. vain yeah, yeah he's vain <laughs> Hugely vain. Hugely he, is, vain. he assumes either. that he's always going to be the person who can solve it. But he yeah, is always yeah. the person who yeah. can solve it. But on that occasion, he wasn't. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have time for two more, one of which is off to your right, right over here. Hi. Um, really excited to talk to you guys. Anyway, hi. Um, hi. Uh, first of all, my friend here who designed and made this shirt, Tardis shirt, um, would like Stephen to know that you sound like all your coupling characters. I sound like all of them. Oh dear God. Apparently. I can tell you Gina Bellman. Really? Okay. 
<laughs> um, and my question is, do you guys have any hilarious stories about working with other cast members or like hijinks on set or anything of that sort? Casa. Uh, there was an owl. Oh, the owl, yeah. <laughs> It's not that funny, though. You have to be there. (laughs) But listen out for it. So basically, at the end of Et One, uh, if you listen really carefully, and it's not a sound effect, when when I come back, or when the doctor comes back, and goes, brand new TARDIS, sorry, it's a bit exciting, and Amy comes down and says, it's been 14 years, uh, there is an owl in the background going, woo, woo, for literally the whole scene. And it took us about half... A, it Literally, we were in pieces because it just kept going. And Karen was just utterly bemused that there was a living owl. Yeah. <laughs> You're all funny. Uh, yeah. Is, is there anything you want to say about that story? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> not really. Yeah, it was one of those you had to be there. But... but, yeah. but uh, but it's quite fun now because we always watch the uh, ep when we come to things like this and we sort of nod at each other when we can hear the owl tweeting yeah. away. So there you go. It's the barely audible owl <laughs> anecdote. Um, take that home and cherish it. <laughs> and last question right over here to the left. Hi. Uh, Hi. My question's for Karen. Um, hello. Um, I was wondering if maybe I give you my phone number. We can get a bite to eat <laughs> <laughs> next time you're in the area. Um, uh, oh, um, I don't know what to say. <laughs> well, that's cool, too. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> Just not saying anything at all. All right, fair enough. I'd say nice try, but it really wasn't. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, uh, thank you all for the questions, even the cheesy questions. And um, oh, I love the cheese question myself. And, and thank you, Karen. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Stephen. And we look forward to many years of great adventures ahead. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us, guys. Cheers. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Guys, keep it going for Matt Smith, Karen Gillen, and Stephen Moffat. Please don't forget, tonight's conversation will be available on Meet the Filmmaker. Keep an eye out for that. Uh, Apple.com forward slash Soho for all our upcoming events. Thank you very much for coming tonight, and get home safe, everybody. Thank you.